Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, your host today for Grief Recovery Now. So grateful, happy that you're with us today. No matter where you are in the grief process, are you sad? Are you happy? Wherever you are spiritually, mentally, and physically, you've come to the right place. As I say in every podcast, this is a come as you are podcast. Just sit back, relax if you can, and listen. And we're here to serve you. I'm here for you. I have to tell you, before every podcast, I get this energy that flows through me. And I get a little nervous. Am I, am I doing service to this podcast? So what I do before every podcast is take a bath. I meditate. And I just get ready for you all. Because this is important to me, and I hope if you're on this podcast, it's important to you. Whether you know about grief recovery, and I know many of you know grief because it's a communal type of thing all over the world. We do have losses. And there is something that someone told me once. It's like, we are taught how to get. We don't know. We're not taught how to lose. So that's one of my missions in life. It's like, teach people, how do we lose? Whether people, places, situations, things. We had COVID. We have the movements that are going on, as I've mentioned many times. Black Lives Matter, LGBT, Me Too movement. Many movements that are going on. The right and the left and all that going on. And we're all in this together. And collectively, whether we know it or not. And so I'd like to be a um, healing force in the world, as I know our guest is today. So you'll meet with her in a moment. But I wanted to talk about something that many people ask me. It's like, what to say to someone suffering from loss? In grief recovery now, the methodology that I work with as a grief recovery specialist That's what I teach people because we don't know. We learn all kinds of things as we grow up. And some of it is beneficial and some of it isn't. And it isn't serving. So today I thought I'd talk about what do you say and what you don't say. What you don't say to someone who's grieving, let's say someone died or has a mother, father, child, job loss, whatever it is. Don't say, I know how you feel because we don't. Don't say you must, you just have to be strong because you don't. We can be weak or vulnerable. That's okay. We have all these ranges of emotions and appropriate emotions for the appropriate situation. And sometimes we want to squelch them and not feel them because we want to be something for others. But sometimes we need to just be there for us. And you don't have to be strong. That's a myth. Also, don't say it'll get better in time. It may not. In grief recovery, 
the work I do, sometimes time will do a lot of things, but also time will develop filters that don't serve us in life because we haven't resolved the unresolved. We haven't completed the incomplete, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas in relationships that are with us forever, may not be consciously, but subconsciously, it is affecting our life in all areas. Don't say it was just a dog. It was just a cat. There's other fish in the sea. You know, we have to complete things because when we're incomplete in a relationship, whether with an animal situation or job, it affects the next job. And a lot of times negatively or not serving you or me. Do say though, I can't imagine how you feel. I understand that. It's like, yeah, thank you for not trying to label me with something because it affects that griever's process. And they all of a sudden have to have this feel like there's an expectation of them to feel a certain way. At least that's my take on it. Do say, I don't know what to say. Do say, what happened? Griever needs to talk and to share. There's a myth that we have to do it alone. Sure, we need our quiet time in our space. I understand that. But a lot of people are taught early on that they need the time, leave them alone. Well, sometimes we don't need to be alone. We need to share. Grief shared is half. Joy shared is multiplied. I can't imagine how heartbreaking that must be for you. Somebody says that to me, it gives me an opening. Yes, it is heartbreaking. Sometimes we don't associate grief with our hearts. We don't. I don't. I get into my intellectual. How can I feel better? How can I feel better? Well, sometimes you need to not feel better. You need to be sad. You need to be heartbroken. And at Grief Recovery Now and the Grief Recovery Method, one of our models is like we're heart with ears. So be a heart with ears with your loved ones, strangers. I told a story a couple of weeks ago about my dog got stepped on something that he was screaming in pain for three days. And I was at the vet three times, but I saw a woman crying in her car, grieving for something going on with her dog that was life-threatening. She's sobbing. And I went over to her car and says, can I be there for you? Would you like to share what's going on? She shared sobbing. I'm sobbing. I've got chills. And what was great for her, I don't know how she felt about it. It seemed like she appreciated my presence. But you know how much I appreciated being able to be of service to her? To me, that's what gives my life meaning. Hope this helps today. And I love sharing this because I want to educate the planet on, on grief and how we can all be in there together and be each other's hearts with ears. I'd love to introduce our guest. Her name is Julia Cooksey Evans. She is the founder of Coloring Over Cancer. Julia has battled and beat cancer not once, but twice. Being a survivor of lymphoma of the brain, as well as breast cancer, she founded Coloring Over Cancer in 2019, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that showcases art and creativity in facilitating the fight against cancer. Being a survivor, but having lost her mother, aunt, and mother-in-law to cancer, Julia knows firsthand how important it is to help encourage, educate, and empower people fighting cancer. Conquering cancer means sharing positive affirmations, relaying information, providing resources, and promoting social emotional support. Coloring Over Cancer adds the healing properties of art and expression through coloring. Her hope is that Coloring Over Cancer will inspire you or someone you love as they journey into their creative power. 
There's also a coloring book she has out too, which is awesome. So please help me welcome Julia Evans. Welcome, Julia. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me, Charlene. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Oh, I'm so glad. And I've been looking forward to seeing you. We've had this scheduled a couple times. Mm -hmm. Some losses happened in Julia Julia's life that was very devastating and heartbreaking. So we had to put it on hold for a few weeks or actually a month or two. It is an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. And as we had spoken before, sharing your experience, strength and hope, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. What's great with you, Julia, is that I see you just knowing you a little bit and we've talked, I feel like I know you, but in the un in the not not non-profit sector and the corporate sector, you are a powerful source in life. And then the experiences you've had, you know, I'm just so thrilled that you're coming here today to share. So tell me what is going on. First of all, can you talk about a little bit of your past about what happened and why coloring over cancer? Sure. Just to put a little perspective in it, I am the oldest of four girls. I grew up in a household with my mother and father. And at the age of 18, I suffered my first real loss. Um, we lost my father to a boating accident and we never found him till this day. Um, so that was the first time that I ever experienced, um, you know, any type of loss. And then, you know, moving forward, living with my mother and my sisters and picking up the life that we had and obviously changed quite a bit, the loss of my father. And then when I was in my thirties, I thriving, I had moved to Los Angeles. I was in a new job and I was really excited about my next couple of years and, you know, what I was going to be doing, working in community, social responsibility, government affairs type of work. And during this time in Los Angeles started suffering from really, really bad headaches. And I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. I was eating right and healthy and exercising and yoga and all of that regularly. My mother had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I was going up north, Northern California to visit with her quite a bit. And I started having really, really bad headaches. I went to the doctors and they said that I was suffering from cluster headaches and migraines, and they recommended several different medications, none of which worked. Fast forward, I had lots of tests done. I visited with several different types of doctors, just really trying to find out why I was having you know, these issues. Fast forward, I was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer, aggressive B-cell lymphoma, and told that I only had several months to live unless I did something now. And if you can imagine, I was in shock and I was devastated. I could not believe that this was even happening to me. And so I Within two weeks time, I had had brain, I was off of work. I had brain surgery. Following that, I had two additional brain surgeries, chemotherapy. I had a port placed into my head for chemotherapy, medications, but I beat that. I beat that cancer. And then- How long did that take? Like, what was the time frame from diagnosis to taking a breath? <laughs> From diagnosis, I'll remember, I remember correct, it's, it was January of 2012, and I literally found out, the doctors called me and said, you must come back in, we have your test results, we need to talk to you. So I immediately knew something was up, but I went by myself to the doctors, and 
that's where he told me. I, I went to UCLA, the head of oncology said, you have a rare form of B cell, aggressive B cell lymphoma, and we've got to get in there and, you know, take care of this now or you're not going to live. And we don't know what kind of impact it will have on you in terms of your brain and any loss. So I literally the next week got my affairs in order, wrote out my living will and had brain surgery. And I was off of work in and out of the hospital three times with two additional surgeries, staples all the way down the side of my head. Immediately after my third surgery, I started chemotherapy, radiation treatments. I could not walk. I could not drive. I, I, there was, I, I was, it was a humbling experience for me, Charlene, because I had to depend on other people. And I was, I'm a very independent person, but I could not manage um, on my own. And I, that whole process was shy of a year. And for me, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have gone back to work, but I did go back to work within about nine months time. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to work and I moved forward and pushed through. And so from during that time, I continued working and my mother became sick. Her breast cancer had by this time metastasized into bone cancer spreading throughout her body. So I was flying up and down Northern California, back to Southern California. And eventually she was placed in hospice care at home and we had a caregiver come in and she passed away. And in 2016 is when she passed away. And so I am just five years shy of being cancer free. I've been getting my checkups regularly and exercising and all the things that I need to do. We laid my mother to rest that June and I had a mammogram earlier in that year. I was fine. But then I went to go get my checkup, my PET CT scans for, you know, it's a full body scan. Long story short, they called me three days before Christmas. My doctor called me three days before Christmas to tell me that I had been diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. And I remember sitting on the side of the road and I, I was in complete shock because I had just buried my mother less than six months ago from breast cancer. She had died of breast cancer. Now I was diagnosed with the same thing and my whole world just turned upside down. You know, fast forward, I, I've had three surgeries, three additional surgeries. I, I opted to have, you know, double mastectomy, reconstructive surgery, chemotherapy, all of that. And I made it through. And so I am a survivor and I am thankful and appreciative for the life that I have. And really, you mentioned my, my coloring over cancer. It's really a, a way for me to pay it forward to other people who are dealing with cancer, grief, um, loss, all the hard things, if you will, and finding a space that helps you along the way with your own individual journey, because no one has the same journey. And if there's something that you can find, and in this case for me, it was, you know, coloring, which I found to be very therapeutic. I turned it into something, the overall experience, something negative. And I tried to shift the narrative and make a positive out of it and pay it forward by sharing it with others. Beautiful. Now, while just for our listeners there who may be going through what you've been through, through mm-hmm. cancer or an illness that could be yeah, it's life and death, right? You have that uncertainty and 
What would you say during that time that would help them? Like what gave you, did you stay in the moment? Like you had to do it one day at a time. And did you have any thing you use that helped you get through this? Some people would just crumble. Why didn't you crumble? You're right. Well, I think it's or maybe a, you did. I'm sure you had your yeah, moment. No, I, I did have hard days and I, I, I'll point out one specifically. It's, you know, shortly after I got my brain cancer diagnosis and I remember sitting on the edge of my bed at home and I just cried. I just cried. I was alone. That's the, I, I needed to be alone to try to just come to terms with what I was about to face and the process and block out all of the noise. And I say that because I wanted to block out what everybody else was saying and what the doctors say, were saying and what, you know, the little voice in the back of my head was saying and just sit with myself for a moment. And that's when the tears came and I just cried and I cried because I was scared and I cried because I was afraid of dying. And I cried because I didn't understand why this was happening to me and you, all of those things that you go through. And then I made a decision in my mind. I said, you know what? This is not the end for you. I said, there, you have more life to live. You have things to do. This is not the end for you. You will beat this, face it head on. Let's go. And I really stepped out on faith. I really stepped out on my belief of speaking things into existence. I bet on myself, if you will. You know, I had friends and family and support and all of those things, but I knew what I was going up up against. And no matter what, I was going to will myself into life. And I, not just me, I mean, I, I believe in God and, you know, your support system, but I just knew that that was not my time. And so I never changed my mind, even when it was hard, even when I felt going through chemotherapy, even when I felt like this is what it feels like to die slowly, or, you know, even when I couldn't get out of bed and lost 25 pounds and just didn't want to look at myself in the mirror, you know, all of those things, I never wavered from my decision that I made that day on the edge of my bed. And I think some of the things that really helped me, and I, I would say a lot of these things to myself over and over and over, that you are a brave soul. You're going through something that not everybody is going to experience, not that you would want them to experience. Be patient with yourself. Your expectation is not, you know, is not necessarily what everybody else's expectation is. So be patient with yourself. Set your own expectation. Allow yourself to be if you just need to be, you don't have to be quiet. You don't have to cry. You can cry. I, I always say, just try to embrace your emotions, make room for them. And so I may be feeling one way one day and one day the next or a different way the next. But I really thought to myself, my healing, this process is important to me. What is the lesson here for me? What am I learning through all of this? I deserve grace. I deserve space. I should prioritize myself and, and my health right now and not feel guilty about it. These were all things I would say to myself so that I could get to my end goal, that, I, that, that, I, that I'm here, that I beat it. Um, so it was a lot of self-talk and really straying, staying true to 
the things that I was thinking and making sure that they were positive and prioritizing myself and surrounding myself with people who understood that, who understood that I was going through cancer. I was also going through, I was trying to survive, if you will. So with, with that being said, I just felt like if I can keep this space for myself and keep this thought process going and not feel guilty about it, all of those things were very, very helpful for me in terms of coping with you know, what I was up against. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I felt you, I feel, or <laughs> what I see is this sense of resolve you have. And I believe we have this infinite intelligence that flows through it. So you had, it created an emo, a powerful um, space for it yeah. to come through. Yes. Like sometimes we're splat and that's where the opening happens and how powerful of a time for you. Yeah, I mean, it, looking back in retrospect, maybe you could see it. It must have felt all kinds of things, but that's so beautiful. I love that you were affirming, you were resolved. Did you have your moments? I'm sure you did. Like when absolutely. you were writing your will and all that kind of stuff. There was moments when you're going to cry. And for me, I would ask for God's assistance. I would ask, and then I would just wait on it. And I think patience is not my strong suit. Let's just be honest. It's not, but you just have to wait. You just have to be patient. And like I said, for me, it was like, what is the lesson in, in this? And now years later, when I talk about it, I wouldn't change my experience. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone else, but I wouldn't change it because it taught me so many things. It taught me how to be patient. It taught me how to be humble. It taught me that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to say no. It taught me that you can stay on the track when the train is out of control. <laughs> you can you could do it. You could do it. And it taught me that every day is not going to be a good day, but for me, better days were ahead. To your point, some days were just really crappy days. But then there was other days where I would celebrate small successes, you know, celebrate things that I wasn't able to do a week or two ago or a month ago. So trying to keep those things in perspective. And then during this time, you know, having lost my mother to cancer and I lost my grandmother to cancer, my mother-in-law to cancer, as you mentioned, there is such a thing as a survivor's guilt. And you feel bad when you lose people that you love and you know you're still here and you know other people's loved ones and you're still here and i think the best thing for me and my perspective on that is you honor your life you honor the life that you still have and you honor that by showing up and honoring the people that you lost and to your point earlier through service and you know shifting that energy outside of yourself, serving others, figuring out what your gifts are, figuring out what you, your gifts are, how you operate and how you can pay those forward. And that was really me and this project, this coloring book, it's 80 pages of coloring and positive affirmation. And I tell my journey of cancer through this coloring book. It's a little different than most because it has a table of contents, like a book. And it um, talks about the stage when you're finding out you have a diagnosis. It talks about the stage where you're pushing through, where you're, you're, you're going to move forward 
whether it's your own personal situation or if you've lost someone, it talks about embracing change, talks about, you know, all the different things that happened to me as a result of cancer and the change and then the shift when, you know, that person's not there anymore. And then it talks about your last day of chemotherapy. You're in remission. You've succeeded. And I incorporated all of those things that I was having going on personally, but then also with the loss of the people in my life. And how can I pay it forward? Art therapy is therapeutic. It's studies have shown that it can help you physically, mentally, spiritually, mind, body, and soul. And so I hired an illustrator. I'm not an artist. I hired an illustrator to bring my vision together and my positive affirmations and put this book together. And I didn't want to sell it. I I had it published, which was great, but I didn't want to sell it. I wanted to give it away. I wanted to give it back to people that have been impacted. And so that's what I did. And starting a nonprofit and then developing my own website. And it was really a labor of love. And it, it might not be for everyone. Some people like coloring, some people don't. But it was not only therapeutic for me, but it was my way of honoring my mother and my my mother-in-law and the people that I have lost and being of service to people now who experience cancer or going through treatment. I host virtual coloring workshops for cancer patients because we're all in COVID and I talk to them about the benefits of art therapy, coloring in this instance that it has on your body and your mind and your soul and donations all go back to me giving books away to to people. And that's really my way. And it really, it's my way of service. And it makes me really appreciate and have a lot of gratitude for the space that I am in, that I'm able to do that and that I'm still here and that I can help other people. That is beautiful. <laughs> now, I was th- the coloring, okay? Mm-hmm. I-, I talked about the heart and the head. We get into the mm-hmm. intellectual. Do you, I know when I color or I get into music, I'm out of the intellectual. Do you think like when you're coloring, it's just even I know people who chant and they chant. So they get out of the monkey mind. It's a way to express yourself without a verbal. Um, It's a way to express yourself through color. Um, Oftentimes colors associated with moods and, you know, how you might be feeling. And through in my book and also just when talking with people, you know, I'm like, pick a page that speaks to you, wherever you're at in your life, wherever you're at in this space. And then it almost kind of nudges you, if you will, to think about why you picked that, you know, why you picked that page and where you are in your life and what you're, where you're at, you know, in a mental space. And then if you're comfortable, I encourage people to just talk a little bit. And I find that to your point earlier, some people do just want to talk, but they just want people that want someone to listen. And you don't always have to have an answer. I know that oftentimes people are very solution-based and they want to give you a solution to something. And sometimes, and in, in situations, I think with grief and with loss and when you're fighting cancer and this particular, there isn't an answer. There isn't a right answer and there isn't. So it's more of a... I want to talk, I want to be heard, I want to be listened to, I want to express how I'm feeling. And I don't expect you to come back with a solution because you, like you said, you might not have the answer and it's better if you don't say something, if you're not sure if it's the right thing to say. (laughs) Right. And let me ask you something. I, I love that you have a table of contents. 
I do. <laughs> yeah. And you know, somebody could get your coloring book. Mm -hmm. They just got done with chemo. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they just do that part. It's like maybe go back in the first diagnosis and they've never really visited it. Yes. And they start coloring and maybe bring themselves back. I would think yes. that would be a healing. Yes. And then going through the other parts. That's why when I when I talk with people or I, ho I host a coloring workshop, I always say, pick the page that speaks to you. And, you know, it's open form. We can talk about it or we can't talk about it. I usually will tell people, okay, let's go to page 18. And this is what I was thinking around this time of my, pro my journey. Um, you know, the first page, the first coloring page is I cried, now I fight. And it is a face. And, you know, and it, it reflects back to the story I just told you when I was sitting on the edge of my bed and getting ready to really move forward with this surgery and hope that I survive. And, you know, I cried, now I fight. And it really was a mental shift for me. And so that's where I start with the table of contents. And then, as I said, I move forward. But yes, anyone that's going through something could, you know, pick a space here, like when they're in the midst of it, the, the areas where you push through and pages in there that might speak to you. It's, it's, it was very therapeutic for me. And I really, the other piece that I forgot to mention is I ask people to share their color with the world. So I've shared my color. There is a social media component where if you're comfortable, you upload or you tag us in it. And then I share your color on our website or our social media. So I wanted to make it inclusive to everyone in whatever space they're in, whether you're a caregiver, whether you're someone who just lost someone close to you, where you're, or if you're trying to help someone else get through the grief process, like all of those things, I feel like it, it could be something for anyone that has been impacted by grief or loss or disease, cancer in this case. So very powerful. You know, it's that simple, powerful, yeah. you know, actions or just what you created, you know, whatever was downloaded through you. What I want people to know is that on our notes, there'll be links to your website, to the, you know, and that'll have the coloring book in there and any, or, you know, any kind of link you want to share. I'm not sure if you have a Facebook group or something. I don't have a Facebook group, but the other thing that I, I do have on my website and you kind of mentioned it, not knowing what to say to people, right? So I have a line of encouragement cards on my website as well. And, you know, when you go to the store, you might see the get well section, you know, get well card section. I really designed these cards with people in mind who don't know what to say. So I tried to say it for them. And so they're very simple cards. One of them says brave soul. And one of them says, you're my favorite superhero. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's one that says a note of of encouragement. Let's pay it forward. So it's, they're very simple cards, but they're simple with a space for you to write your own message to whoever you're giving it to. But they were really designed from a place of love, a place of experience. When you don't know what to say, let me help you say it. I'll, I'll help you say it. And so there, those cards are, are there as well. I really, to your point, try to think about what you want to say and what you don't want to say, or if you don't know what to say to someone who's going through something. And that's, that's really the, the, the place and space that they came from. Well, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And I know it's a new company, a 501c3. 
Yes. And this yes. is only the beginning. I already, I have to finish a website. I have a mini uh, micro website. Uh-huh. I'm going to put your, um, your, oh, that would be fantastic. And I just want people to have That's as many fantastic. resources as possible. Fantastic. And so we're at the end of our podcast. Anything okay. that you can share with someone who's in that uncertainty, or even somebody's like, I'm certain I'm not going to make it. The uncertainty part. And if they're feeling like, oh my God, the jig is up, I'm done. Yes. I would tell them, anybody who's listening, to write your gifts down. Take out a sheet of paper on your phone or wherever you want to do it. Write your gifts down. Write write down what you're good at. Write down how you think you can help someone else. And even though you're in a moment in your life right now where you're worried, like you said, about, you know, my livelihood and living, but even when you're having, so when you, but, but as you move through that and when you're having these tough moments, you can go back and reflect on that and remind yourself of the gifts that you have and that you are still here and that you're still here for a reason mm-hmm. and that you are, able, be patient with yourself, like all of those things, just don't, and I don't want to say don't give up hope because that's super cliche, you know, especially to me it is, but I feel like if you can just pause and replenish, replenish your thought process, replenish it by taking a pause, taking a step back and remembering the gifts that you have, because we all have our own individual gifts. We all have something to give We all have something to contribute, not just think it, but believe it Mm -hmm. and will it if you have to will it into existence. And like I said earlier, I'm a firm believer in speaking things into existence and willing it and not doubting and have faith, have faith. That maybe be contrary. Maybe you're not feeling it, but just say, I, I, maybe you're you're not feeling it that day. Yeah. And ask somebody. If you have, like a friend of mine says she has chemo branch cancer. Mm-hmm. I've had that. I've had that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you can't remember who you really are. Write it down. And maybe ask someone, can you please, and ask them in a way like, I need some help. Ask for yes. help. And just yes. say, what are some qualities or gifts that I have that you've recognized in me? I need something to hold on to. And to write yes. it down. Can I write it down? And yes. can you please, and like really be serious. And like ask for your needs are, you know, have your needs met. And not feel diminished if you do so. Do not feel badly if you ask for help. Do not feel badly if you need um, someone to help you along the way. Give you, shine that light, have them shine that light on you when you can't shine it on yourself. Right. Yeah. No, all of those things are very and very, very important. Um, Having, it doesn't have to be a big group of support system. Everybody doesn't have to know, but have, you know, those people in your corner that are really there to help move you forward. And if they're not, then they don't need to be there. (laughs) You know, you You don't need to be. So I, I'm a big proponent of that. If you, if you need to make an adjustment, you know, the people that are in your corner will respect the place in the space that you're in and they will try to help you. And anybody else, I, I you know, I'm like, move on. <laughs> That's right. And you know what I love about Google 
is that you can search for things, encouragement for going through cancer. Yeah. So many things or loss, so many things come up. I have grief recovery method book. Um, that's great. But when you're dealing with grief and loss, the line is all over the place and yeah. you just have to embrace it. But at the same time for your mental health and move through the process, talk to someone, talk through the layers, you know, of it all. And like you said, get that get that affirmation, get that feedback from the people that know you so that you don't, don't forget it. (laughs) It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And there's a lot of well-meaning people who love you, or you're in a family situation where there's some unloved ones that are there and a lot of chaos. Don't buy into it. Call a place. We spark. My sister Marlene works for a place called we spark and they help people for free. Mm -hmm. And then there's Gilda's club. There's all kinds of resources. Plenty out there, of resources. And free. Yes, absolutely. I the second time that I experienced cancer, I did go to a support group, support group here locally. And it wasn't so much to deal with what I was going through. It was to, for me to deal with the fact that I had lost my mother to cancer, breast cancer, and now I was going through the same thing and all of the emotions and the feelings that I was feeling around that part of it. So I made that decision to go and talk through the layers of that and how I was feeling and how I could find some peace and maybe, you know, not worry so much and really mourn the loss of my mother. But again, how could I turn that negative into a positive? How can I help pay it forward through service? And it's really been a blessing to be able to talk to different people in spaces like this where you share your story and then you know I get messages and what have you tried this and did you do this and so you know all the little things that the doctors may not tell you you know so it's 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 really been part of my healing if you will to help other people yeah. it really has and you hear other stories too like in the coloring I know the, your mm-hmm. zoom calls and all that on the coloring mm-hmm. you hear other people sometimes they say something you go oh my god I'm feeling that too but you couldn't identify it yet it's I believe in that peer-to-peer model discovery is not recovery but it's a certain stage of your recovery Mm -hmm. go to your next level but right now it's like identifying with Mm -hmm. others so you're not alone and we so appreciate you our listeners and I know that Julie is here to serve and to be of love and support to all of you and check out her website, Coloring Me Cancer and Coloring Over Cancer. And so we're going to have to say goodbye, unfortunately. Well, thank you for having me. Thank oh. you for having me, Charlene. It was great to talk with you today. And like I said, I, I hope that um, your your listeners got something out of you know what I had to share. and. Coloring Over Cancer is here. Our website's the same as the book. So we're here to help serve and share resources and education and referrals if we have them. So yeah, we're definitely here for the community. And, and thank you so much again, Charlene, for having me today. You are so welcome, Julia. You're a powerful source out there and so glad to share you with the world. And we'll yeah. see you next time. But next time, if something's coming up that you want to share, we'll get you back on here. 
because there's okay. a lot more to say. Yes. And, and once we're post-COVID, I'm going to be doing some other activities. So I'd love to share those with you where, where people can be a little bit more interactive. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. Remember, we're on all the podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends. Hope this is of help and peace and love and harmony. We're here for you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we will keep you posted on our next podcasts. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.